Rebel Author Podcast, where we talk about books, business, and occasionally bad words. Hello, Rebels, and welcome to episode seven of The Black Heron. I am excited to bring you this episode because I start to talk about the pre-order numbers for uh, A Game of Hearts and Heists and some of the things that I have done in the background. Of course, I'm going to go into a lot more detail once the book is actually launched and I can do a lessons learned kind of roundup for you uh, so that I can give you more context, more tips and tricks. Uh, But yeah, this is like the first sneak peek uh, look at this. The book that we have chosen is called Financial Feminist, Overcome the Patriarchy's Bullshit to Master Your Money and Build a Life You Love. And that is by Tori Dunlap. And I will link to that in the show notes. So without further ado, then here is episode seven of The Black Heron. Hello. Oh, my God. Hey, you are in a new house. It's so exciting. I'm in a new house and it is 7 a.m. And about three minutes ago, I was still like, I don't know where the microphone is. I don't know. Like, this is the first time I've done anything in this office. Oh, my anything. Like, what an honor. <laughs> or, or, or you will regret. I don't know. I'm very, <laughs> very discombobulated. But I do have a uh, lovely view of the back garden, which is all greenery in front of me so I think it's gonna be nice although my voice sound very very hollow right now exhaustion yes I'm I am Mm -hmm. absolutely I woke up and I was like I am too tired to even get up that's (laughs) (laughs) we went to the old house yesterday for the almost last time I gotta go drop off the keys but like you know probably went up and down the stairs 20 times and there are 50 steps. So it's, you know, basically, you know, almost five flights up and I just carrying down the last things like the last trash bag and two more plants and the movers came and moved all the big stuff, but Holy Helen. (laughs) Are you on, do you you have multiple floors in your new house? No, we have four steps. We have like four little wee steps that are all, you know, perfectly fine steps and every time I go up there now I complain I said oh I'm so exhausted um, but, but at, the, at the at the old place so we had the 50 steps but each was a different height poured concrete yeah. and some of them were sloped either like backwards or forwards and the very last one was almost double height so you get up 49 steps and then you have to go one more oh my we, goodness we That's needed groceries like kind of sadistic torture <laughs> I don't miss, I will miss the view probably every day for the rest of my life. I will never, but as soon, every time I think about the view, I'm like, I'm, I'm not missing the steps. No, I'm no, not. no, no. I don't think I would miss that many steps either. When we, when we were buying a house, um, the kiddo was desperate for us to buy a three story property. And I was like, think of the hoovering, think of the stairs yes. we would have to hoover. I was just like, nah, nah. And then like, I, mean, I don't know about you, but I'm one of those people that if I, if I leave the house and go to the car and my sunglasses are inside, it's too, it's too much bother. I will not go back in the house. I'll just squint for the rest of the day. Yeah. I would never, if I, in a house with three stories, I would never go out like, nah, I don't, I don't need to do that. I left that upstairs. I'm not going back. <laughs> it's lost to me. It's dead forever. forever. <laughs> oh, well, you How are you? What's I, I am. 
Okay, so we we because I just checked. So we last spoke on the twenty second of December, mm, which was okay. I don't know how many I don't know how many weeks that was like maybe five weeks or five yeah. weeks ago. Uh-huh. Four of the five weeks I've been sick. <gasps> no. Yeah, yeah. So I was, was it sick. COVID or just general? Not COVID. I've picked up a virus that oh. I, for the first time in our 14 year relationship, Chloe has never seen me put on my ass the way that I was put on my ass. And I just, I don't know. Well, I mean, you can still hear a little bit. Yeah, like, today is the first day in a really, really long time that um, I haven't woken up like full of, sorry, everyone, but full of snot, coughing yeah. through the night. Um, but it wasn't COVID. And um, my neighbor's, next door have it like everybody else I know has had it like literally everybody has had it and um I don't I just like I I I was just put down and like what didn't really help is that Chloe also got it at the same time and she did this thing and it's called resting and she got better very quickly I absolutely do not (laughs) know what that is that sounds like shit I'm not gonna do that (laughs) and I'm still sick Oh, that's annoying. That's oh, God, really so annoying. annoying. So annoying. And so um, on Wednesday, Ellie was like, okay, Ellie did not say it like this, but I'm just like, for a fact, I'm going to say it this way. She was like, back the fuck away from the computer and sit the fuck down. And I was like, okay, Ellie, I will do what you say. So I just kind of like stopped grand or halt slowly, kind of by Friday, I was away, away. Um and oh, poor thing. Like, so I've been resting for a couple of days and lo and behold, today was the first day that I woke up and it wasn't full of snots. So I'm just like, oh, whatever. Rest is so boring. It's so like 1990s. <laughs> <laughs> There's only one thing that will help me rest because um, I, I, I got really sick a couple months ago and it was a it went to bronchitis and then it went to infection and then it was it was it was awful. And I'm exactly like I, I can't I can't rest unless Lala reminds me. And then I keep saying it in my head, like, it's my job. I need to do the best I possibly can. Like, I'm going to be the best rester in the whole world. This is the, this is my full-time job. And then I'm like, I'm resting because I've given it to myself (laughs) as a challenge. Yeah. And I feel like that would work for you too. Like, bet you can't rest. Bet you can't rest as good as I can. Yeah, it has to come from the right person or like I yeah. I did think about that this morning when we I can't remember where we were going this morning. Um and um I was just like, I wonder if I could turn this into like a challenge. And then I was like, nah, I haven't got time for that. Like I'll just <laughs> I'll take another day and then it'll be fine. Um because like I said to Chloe, oh, do you think I feel better now? Do you think I can go back to the gym? And she just like looked at me and was like, You fucking dare. Because this is what happened. So I got sick and then I I got better the first time for about like two days. And I was like, yeah, I can go back to the gym. So I went to the gym and like, it wasn't just going to the gym. That was the problem. We were doing like strength tests. And so I was like pushing a 200 kilo sled across the thing and like literally out the like lat row and like machine. And because you were well, you were back to normal, obviously. Exactly. Um, And then two days later, I was like really badly sick in bed. And um, anyway, so, but you know, I apparently have to learn things more than once. So I got sick. (gasps) got better for like two days, went back to the gym. Two days later, I was back in bed. (laughs) You're so, we are so alike. We just have to test it. We have to, because this could be the time. I'm, I know him well. Thank you. (laughs) So, um, now I'm waiting until Chloe says I can go to the gym. (laughs) 
I bet you go yeah. back one day before she would say, I bet you're going to get yeah, so probably. <laughs> Oh, you poor thing. But it's fine because like there's been so many exciting things happening. Tell um, me everything. I mean, well, okay. So I'm now only two weeks away from the launch. Yes. I can't believe it. How? Um, so I'm always about two or three months behind on, on your podcast. How are like the pre-orders going and... So, okay. So I set a target of 33 pre-orders because it was a brand new book. It's a brand new name, pen name, brand new genre. Um, And so I was like, I don't expect to get anything basically. And also it's so neat. It's fantasy romance, but sapphic, right? And so fantasy romance is enormous, but not every even though most people would read something that's sapphic romance and be fine with it, there's an automatic discounting. Mm-hmm. Like yes. they just, well, I don't, I read straight fantasy romance. Or what, right. And it's not even like a conscious thing. I'm not, you know, it, but <laughs> by its nature, it, it limits itself yes. in terms of the marketing. So I was not expecting an awful lot, but I, I did, um, I surpassed 33 pre-orders in the first like four days, which was amazing. Yeah. Yes, you did. Yeah. So then I set 50 pre-orders and I surpassed that. So I set 75 pre-orders. I surpassed that. Oh my God. I set a hundred. I surpassed that. <laughs> and oh. I'm now sat at 128 digital pre-orders. And so I've done like a pre-order campaign and oh most God. of the pre-order proofs that have come in have been physical copies. So I don't even, I don't even know how many pre-orders, like physical pre-orders I've had. Um, and it's in KU. So I was expecting like no pre-orders at right. all absolutely because nobody pre-orders in yeah. KU so to have 128 two weeks out I'm like this is that's pretty fucking good <laughs> I'm quite impressed with that you know it's a brand new name and completely untested nobody knows what this bloody book is about so I'm really where, do you, where do you think that that is do you think that it is coming from because you're doing beautifully on the yieldy tickety talk do you think it's coming from that or I think, what I think I think that the first 33 that came are existing readers, either yeah. nonfiction or fiction, yeah. um, who, who just want to support. And yeah. God, I love them. I literally love them because that gave me so much confidence straight mm-hmm. out of the gate. I was so grateful. Um, and then I think it started to widen. So, you know, I've really I've tried to target um, like lesbic uh, arc people who read lesbic specifically i started tiktok on the 3rd of january i think and so in a month i got past the thousand mark which i think is always the mark where you can then yeah. have the link and stuff so yeah i've been posting like one or two times a day and that's really helped um yeah and i just think it's the way i'm talking about the book as well everybody's like this book is so infectious because of how you're talking about it and that was like a real lesson and also i knew how to talk about the book so like with my first series I'm like well it's I mean it's kind of like upper young adult it's sort of portal fantasy but not really and the world is cut and just I have no way of explaining what the book is and it's because I didn't start with like tropes and market and genre in mind whereas this Mm -hmm. I have so I'm like it's this 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 and I can like identify it so that's really helped um also may I say that uh I read it and I fucking loved it did you I just didn't know was, if you were going to read or not. I, well, I never expect my friends to read my books ever. Um, I loved it. I just saved. I didn't want to tell you until I saw you. I loved it. It was 
swoony and fighty. It was swoony and fighty. And uh, and your writing is beautiful. Oh, it is gorgeous. It is so sexy and so, but also like, it's so hot. Yes, of course, hot. But with like such a deep heart, such just like so much passion and sweetness. I don't know how you really pulled that off. I It was it was wanting the emotional ferocity, right? And the emotional and the ferocity of both of them, of both. Yes. And I wanted powerful, commanding women, right? Because like, who doesn't love a kick-ass heroine or heroines? But also to show those like tender moments where like, because not everybody is one thing. And so, yeah. Oh, I love They're both take no it. prisoners. Take yeah. no prisoners, both of them. <laughs> but then they are taken prisoner by yeah. each other. I mean, like it... It is, it was so good, Sasha. I loved reading it. And for those of you who might be listening to this for the first time, um, this is Ruby Rowe, R-O-E. And I've heard, but I've forgotten. It's a great name. Game of Hearts and Heist? Yes. I got it right. Game of Hearts. Yes, you did. A Game of Hearts and Heist. Good job. Yeah. It was gorgeous. Thank you so much for letting me have the arc. No, thank you for reading. I I literally don't expect like anybody, like, especially like friends as well. I know how busy our TBRs are. So I didn't expect you to read it at all. So thank you. That's made my day. So tell me your stuff anyway. Well, I, it's just been, so we talked end of December. It's been a lot, a fuckload of packing and moving stuff. The, um, the class that I, that I've been putting together, the, uh, you know, publishing in today's market or whatever I'm going to call it is just about done with the editing, but it turned into 22 modules with oh, and wow. all, of them, all of them are like 15 or 20 minutes. So it was a huge, it's, it's a huge class, a huge course. So I've been doing that and that's, and, um, oh, all of my classes started the 90 days to done. So that all kicked off with a big bang, like while I'm, you know, while you're moving, and, while we're moving. And it's just been, it's just been hell. Um, and then Seven Miracles went out. I don't think it had gone. It had been rejected by my um, the publisher, who, by Penguin. Which is what Dunn, you wanted. Which is what I wanted. And then my agent, Susanna, took it out to, I want to say 11, 10 or t- between 10 and 12. I can't remember what she said. Um, publishers at different houses, including a couple of ones that I'd be very interested in. And I have been rejected by four or five and oh, it's so good. It's so good that like Susanna always sends me the rejections. She just like, you know, forwards the email and then I get to read it. Like, you know, just, and it's so, it's just the typical rejection. Like people get when they're trying to query agents, you know, I'm, you know, this was great, but I didn't connect with it, et cetera. Um, and it just feels good to not have any emotional reaction, not even the slightest one. Like there are no hurt feelings because I love this book and this book does what I want it to do. And if no one picks it up, I will be thrilled to self-publish it. Um, but I've also, you know, as we've talked about, I've also kind of let go of it in my heart. And then yesterday or the day before yesterday, um, Susanna got a note from an editor that I really like saying, uh, I love it. I'm taking it to my team on Tuesday, you know, trying to, you know, we'll hear, we'll hear more then. And then another one said basically the same thing. So, and then another one is also interested. They're all like, you know, rallying the team and talking to, to, talking to things. So it could sell. And 
I, I don't know. I feel, I feel so divorced from it as a, as a product. If, if Susanna sold it, I'd be so happy. And if she didn't, then I would get, I would, I would remarry it and get back into it. But if she sold it, I'd be just like, oh yes, I, I, I'm happy to let that go. Oh, I love it. And I think that is such a healthy place to be yeah. as well, because so many of us are not in that place when we start querying or even if it's not a query thing, it's just like an award or whatever. Like if it's a thing that we're striving towards, we are so often emotionally invested and that's good too, because it's good to care, but also yes. sometimes it's good to be divorced from it and, and from the outcome which, of which you cannot control. Right. Like that's yes. a healthy place to be. Exactly. I saw that. I saw the email from this editor who loved it. Um, she said buckets of tears and uh, couldn't put it down. And I read it in the car while we we're like, you know, headed back to the house to do something else. And, and I immediately forgot it and didn't tell Lala for like two days because I just, it just doesn't matter that much, you know, in the grand scheme of, oh, I guess really nothing matters in the grand scheme, scheme of moving, except like a raw survival. Lala has not had pants for three days. She has one pair of shorts. <laughs> And that's what she's wearing. She does not know where her jeans. There's, I don't know where anything. We don't have a single pot. I can't find them. Like we, I found all of the plates, but no saucepans. Like, and so it's just that kind of chaos. Yeah. How how long are you giving yourself to like unpack before you come back to work proper, so to speak? Oh, no time. No time. Uh, So we we moved. The movers came and moved us on Friday. And then Saturday and Sunday, I just absolutely worked my ass off unpacking and, you know, cleaning and doing things like that. And then today's Monday. And I told Lala, I said, I think I can get my work hours down to five hours tomorrow. I'll do like three hours of this, two hours of this. I forgot our chat. So six hours. Um, and, and, and then, and then we can go, you know, we got, we don't have a microwave, got to go shopping for a couple more things. And then we can do more unpacking. And she said, or you could work for a little while and then rest. And I was like, uh, I don't, I don't understand wow. what that means. But I'm also, wow. I don't know if you get like this, I, or, or, or how, how you are, but like when I am unpacking, I want to be in control of everything. It's when my control freak tendencies, also it's my number one input, like input loves to categorize and sort and put in the right yeah. place. So yeah. when Lala walks into the kitchen, and looks at where I put, you know, the spices and says anything. I'm like, no, 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 no. I am. This is mine. I am doing this. Yes. This is, yes. So, yes. so, and then I've taken the task of unpacking the whole house, which is ridiculous. So <sighs> Chloe and I have lived in many, many, many houses and we have now got it down to like a T. So I will pack everything. She will dismantle everything. she moves everything like no physical the physical yeah so like I mean I you don't hire movers we haven't up until now so you're about 35 right yeah (laughs) I I I have this theory that like it's 35 and up where you're just like no that's what money that's what money is for yeah that was this was the last time we were like never again ever will we do this again but up until now I mean this is like the 23rd house I've lived in so we've done this a lot of times um so she would like be in charge of the moving I will still help lift and stuff but she she directs the moving and then I unpack so like uh, she she, I pack and unpack and then she builds everything yeah so it's it's pretty yeah yeah we retain control over where things go (laughs) exactly 
very important. It's so important to me. <laughs> also for me there, it's like, it's like fighting words. Like if you tell me to put the spices there and I don't want them there, I have 17 reasons why they shouldn't go there. And, yeah. and do you do the cooking? I, well, we, we really share it. We, um, okay. So I do the cooking. So I'm like, <gasps> why would you unpack my kitchen? Get out of my kitchen. <laughs> That's, that's fair. I think, I mean, if you are the cook and, and honestly, now that I say that Lala is actually doing more of the cooking since she's unemployed. (laughs) So I should really get out of her way. Yes. But number one input takes priority. I'm going to organize this incredibly well. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Nobody out inputs an input. Okay. (laughs) There is no storage in this house though. Like there's, there are, there are two little closets, which would hold, they're like the tiniest wardrobe size. So it would probably hold eight, eight or 10 hanging shirts. And that's about it. And maybe some shoes at the bottom. And that's all, that's all of the, that's all of the storage. So I don't know what I'm going to, I think I'm going to keep my clothes in the bookcase in my office. Like that's, and I'm just going to get rid of most of my clothes. I just don't know. So it's that kind of input Sam, problem. That's yeah. That's, me a, up that is a, that's a significant <laughs> issue. There must be like, so, what about the, um, there's that Netflix show, isn't there? With the two ladies, the two mums who like. Oh, the home like, edit. Oh yeah. Oh my God. Like just, there needs to be like a New Zealand version of that, which yeah. Yeah. What do you do when you have absolutely no closets and there's a tiny, <laughs> tiny linen closet, but it's only like 15 centimeters deep. And that's it. That's it. So, so I have been losing sleep just thinking about like where things go and it feels so good. Um, but I would also, I'm also really looking forward to getting back to things being sorted so that I can sit at the desk and do all of the work that I want. Yeah. Do you ever go out and like go to a coffee shop to work or you like at your desk? Not since COVID. We have been so protective avoiding it that like I will go to the cafe but then I'll wear a mask and then I'm hot and it's not as pleasant to like sneak the sips under the mask but that is you used to though yes that's on that was honestly the place where I would get the most work done um I have written most first drafts always in a cafe or a library and there is a there's there's something called the national library which we lived walking distance to and now we live you know a short drive from but that is nice because it's huge and there's this one little desk that nobody's ever at and um i can take off my mask there so i think i need to i need to do that more what about you do you write out no i i I love the idea i love a cheeky like you know um artisan coffee or whatever yeah um and i love to go to a coffee shop um and then I just am so distracted by people and like everything that's going on and sensory overload that yeah. like, I just don't, I just do nothing. I just end up doing nothing. So, I, but I hate it because I really like going to coffee shops and I love the idea of like working in a coffee shop. So yeah. what I tend to do is actually go there and just like with a pen and piece of paper, as opposed to trying to type. If I have like my noise canceling headphones, I can a little bit, but I get, I have, um, I had a car accident when I was about 20 and I have like residual neck issues. So I can't type on a, on a laptop mm-hmm. on a, on a table. So I'd have to take like my riser and then like a mouse and, a, and then I'm like, oh my God, this is so, I'm like lazy. I'm like, no, I'll just stay at home. <laughs> I'm going to get my coffee and come back home. <laughs> so yeah, but yeah, I kind of like of late, I've been a bit like, eyeing the coffee shots with a bit of wistfulness but yeah 
There is, uh, if you, if you manage to like leave the phone somewhere else, like leave the phone in the car, turn off the Wi-Fi, and don't get the password at the cafe, you will eventually do the work. Like you, yeah. And you have to have the noise canceling headphones. But there, for me, there's something about the body doubling of having everybody else working. However, that worked in the states really well because you know the cafes that I would go to, I had regular cafes regular people around me, we would say hello to everybody and then we would work here. I have, I think I saw one person once working on a computer in a cafe, but otherwise New Zealand's culture does not do that. Wellington is kind of the coffee capital of New Zealand. And there are, there are two cafes on every street. Not, I'm not exaggerating. They are always full of people talking. People talk to each other. It's so, it's, I cannot get over. It. I, I I would just feel so rude opening a laptop in a computer. I did it once with Lala. Like we we needed to get some work done, and there was something happening at the apartment, and we've got our computers, so we were sitting together. But we just felt like assholes. So people do go to the library and work. So I could do that. But isn't that kind of lovely that the yeah. cafes are always full of people talking? But I really yeah, want them to lovely. be okay with me just writing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh my goodness me. So did you read the Claire H. Taylor book? I didn't finish it, but I read a lot of it and I really liked it. What did you, what did you think? I thought the content and the book was fine. Absolutely fine. Great. Even, um, I think because I am so deep into strengths, I struggled a little bit because that strengths is my frame of reference now. So I yes. kind of want it because everybody I know who's read it has been like super enthusiastic. And it's not that I wasn't enthusiastic. It's just that I was like, I don't really get how this adds to or kind of okay, so changes me, the. So I, I get I get that. But what do you think about it when I think for me, I think of the Enneagram. So what we're talking about here is reclaim your author career by Claire Taylor. And the subtitle is using the Enneagram to build your strategy, unlock deeper purpose and celebrate your career. What I really liked about her take on it is that the Enneagram can kind of be the operating system for the strengths, if that makes sense. Like the reason that my strengths work the way they do is because the soul of my strengths is that that number three, like that's that's the root, the ball of my all of my insecurities and needs and wants come from this achiever type that needs to get stuff done. And also it's I'm a three wing force of the individualist. So like I need to get all of the things done, but I also kind of want to do it my own way and alone. What are, what are you again? Well, that's kind of the thing. So on the test, my I have I have in the past tested as a three. The most recent test I did, I tested as an eight. What's the eight number f- again? Eight's the challenger. Okay. And the number five was the second strongest one that came up. But she, obviously Claire says you can't have eight wing five because it's not a w- real wing. But um, <clears throat> five was the one that was the second strongest and eight was the strongest. And and I think the problem is, is that in there she was like, oh, if you have... Um, a couple that kind of resonate or or you test highly ask yourself which fear you would prefer not to have and it's that one and I was just like I'm not really sure that 
any of the like I don't know I don't I, I found it very difficult to like answer that question because um I think the five one was about being incompetent and I was like well no I'm not incompetent so that's irrelevant and then but would the you be one, okay yeah go on and then the other one was about being controlled and I'm like well my greatest fear is that I'll, I'll never be anything more than average mm-hmm. which is like it's not really either of those and yes I desperately don't want to be controlled like I really do not want to be controlled um but I I don't know I don't feel like those fe- any of those fears drive me I don't feel like I allow fear to drive me because when I fear something I make myself do it like I lit I am like masochistic in my drive to force myself to do something because I will not allow fear to control me yeah I think that's <laughs> so then the maybe it's control <laughs> I think that's that's the strengths coming up to because your strengths are so strong your, you know, top five are so strong. They are coming out to assist you in never having to fear it because they won't allow you to do it, be it right, feel it. So that confused so it's really me. this, this, yeah. So what, and I struggled that? to like get into it because, and it, cause so much of it was about emotion and I'm so often like, I know we all joke about this and everyone's like, oh yeah, you feel loads. And I'm like, but I actually don't like mm-hmm. my predominant emotions are a conniption I'm either extremely angry or extremely excited about something and I feel them like in a massive flash of emotion and then poof it's gone there's nothing there's just nothing on the inside like someone asked me what I felt um about like beating all the pre-order things and I was just like literally nothing I feel no emotion and I'm like I'm sorry I just I just feel nothing it's just a number like and so and that's what I mean like and that's why I really struggled to connect with this book but um I have no blues. So, you know, I don't know if you're struggling to connect with the book itself, but, but the, but the whole Enneagram. Yes. Sorry. Yes. That's so I'm, I'm just, I'm just glancing. I mean, to me, when I'm looking at these things, to me, looking at you, I see two things. I see, uh, you know, the challenger type eight fear of being controlled and desire to be strong, independent. Hi. Sasha. Um, and I, and I don't, I mean the, the achiever, I think, and I'm talking out my ass, you realize this because I am an expert in like having read this book and taken a couple of tests and I haven't even finished this book. So, but, um, like the achiever, the, you know, the fear is of being worthless. I don't, I don't see that in you as much as the fear of being controlled. Right. But, and so here's the interesting thing in my strengths coaching, um, over the last year, um, that is, that was my biggest wound is that I did, I have spent a lot of my life feeling unloved and because I felt unloved, I felt like I had no value and no worth. Mm. And so I think that's why I was testing as a three and now I have overcome that. Yeah. Yeah. I know it fucking broke my brain as well when I read that's it. That's cool. Um, yeah, yeah. And, but I'm healed from that now, right? Yeah. So that's no longer a fear. It's no longer a wound. And I think that's why I used to test as a three. That is absolutely fascinating. And then I would see you as more of the the eight, the yeah, the strong fear of being controlled. The you know the desire to be strong and independent. The fear of being controlled. And then I would say, if that is true, your strengths are just like clustered around that so you don't even really need the enneagram core to be explained to you if you know what i mean because you're already yeah. doing all the things to set yourself up for success whereas for me what i really liked about the book is that i'm such a strong three and and you know 
worried about being worthless. Like, like if I, so my thing is if I sit on the couch and fuck off and look at TikTok or watch television or something like that for an hour, I feel now and in those moments, and I know it's stupid, but like, I'm not being as worthy as I should. I'm not being productive. I'm not contributing to the world enough by sitting there. Um, I'm going to be seen as worthless. But you're what is giving your, your number one strength, the en- the creative energy that it needs. Yes. Like you are yes. literally doing yes. your job. You are doing yes. your job by doing that. And that is actually what Ellie has pointed out to me. She's like, you have to put in, in order to give to others. So therefore, when I'm sitting on the couch, you know, fucking off and looking at the phone, I can actually tell myself that this is creating value that I will someday yes. be able to give to somebody else. And then I'm able to do it. So um, for, for me, knowing that and knowing that everything that I do in terms of writing has to has to go to helping others and producing worth. I'm never going to, I'm, I'm probably, I'm not going to heal whatever wounds. Cause I'm, I think I was, I came out of the womb a three. It just feels like absolutely my core. Like I came out of the womb saying, can I help? Can I, I'm sorry that hurt. You know, can I do, do, can I do something for you? So knowing that just means that I, oh, this is the thing is that I will never, ever, ever be a successful writer. If I am going for just money or, adulation or praise or something like that. It has to be from that deep feeling of, and it sounds like such a dick thing, but it's, and it's like, like she was, she was pretty brutal about the threes actually in the book. Like we have to prove our worth to ourselves by doing something. And sometimes that's money. And so for me, I don't want that to be money. I like money. I want all the money to come to me. Yes. But I don't want that to actually be what proves my worth. You know what I mean? Yes. Yes. Because I had to prove to myself that I was worthy and that I deserved love. And that was how I healed. Right. Like, so I hundred percent get it. I, 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 and I know that it's not my core because like you say, when I then went back and read like the eight stuff, I was like, oh, this is uncomfortable. (laughs) So yeah. And it is the, it is the strength that makes you most uncomfortable. I think that we must identify with yeah yeah so will it will knowing any of that change or shape what you do because in the book she talked a little bit about um shaping your career around the kind of soul of the Mm -hmm. enneagram and like the thematic stuff which i i found all of that fascinating i thought she did a a really good job of that that was the bit that i found the most um interesting in terms of like themes in your books um and topics to write on and like as we sat here <laughs> I've kind of like laughed to myself because the themes in my first series were all about like who controlled your destiny <laughs> yes joking. oh my god why am I such an open I fucking hate that I'm so predictable <laughs> but we are everyone that knows is- me that is a really interesting point because every single one of my books that I've ever written with fiction and the nonfiction always come down to the main character, whether that's me or somebody else, realizing that they are worthy just as they are without doing anything, just being oh their own human selves. So I wonder if one that's could incredible. like input every, you know, an author's books and determine from that the enneagram they are by the core wound that the main character is always healing. Oh my God. And 
my nonfiction books are exactly the same because I start every single one with a with a thing that say something like fuck the rules, like do it your own way, do not be controlled by like anybody, yes. anything that anybody says, yes. like in terms of craft. So yes. oh my God. Like so basically Claire is a fucking genius and we all need to bow at her feet of brilliance. I thought it was really it was a well-written book. I thought it was deep yeah, I, I, and yeah. I don't, I, I don't know her at all. I haven't listened to the Thelma book show in a long time because um, I just don't listen to all the podcasts. I listen to like yours and Joanna's and that's it right now. Um, but yeah, I just think she was really, and she really made me remember that. And I'm pretty good at remembering this, honestly. And I think you are too, but I can't, I don't chase trends in order to make things happen. I continually go back to the core of who I am and what I need to do. And that's what drives my business and the reason that I do it. I love that. I yeah. love that. And and I think the reason that I didn't get on with it is because I feel like the Enneagram was trying to control me. <laughs> oh my God, that is so meta. And you are absolutely correct. But then why don't you feel like that about the Clifton strengths? Because I think because I'm number one competition and it's a success, it is success metrics driven. So it's the, it's <gasps> right. coaching for success, right? For and yeah, so, yeah. yeah. And so I have continually seen trackable, measurable improvements. And so for me, Clifton Strengths is a tool in order to improve myself. Whereas the Enneagram <laughs> felt far more um, <laughs> um, emotionally manipulative and controlling. No, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Clearly, I, believe clearly it was, I believe it was reaching into your heart and stirring up emotions. And It's and- called dead and black inside. <laughs> and it isn't. It isn't. It's a roiling cauldron. <laughs> Little rebellion. <laughs> oh, dear. I am so predictable. Honestly, me, my, my dad and I, we have this on-running joke that um, we are really very simple humans um, because we can be played so easily if the right person with the right competition comes along and is like, bet you can't do it. I'll fucking show you. <laughs> yeah. So simple. Such simple how do, you, how do you, how do you deal with like, if that motivation is triggered by someone or something that you don't want it to be triggered by? Does that ever happen? Not. So you're at the really. gym and you yeah. see somebody doing something. That's, and you don't care about this person, but you really want to do oh, no. it with that. So my comp, no, my competition tends to be triggered by people I don't like. So probably I just tell me more. That. Well, like, so if I like you, I'm very unlikely to be to want to compete against you because I just want to help. I want to cheerlead for you because that's the other half of competition, right? Is motivating and supporting and inspiring other people. Yep. And so, like, if I love you, if I like you, if you are like one of my people, then I don't want to compete against you because if I compete against you, I will fucking like I will I'll destroy do anything. You. I will destroy yeah. you, basically. Exactly. And I like you. I don't want to do that. <laughs> if I like you, I don't want to do that. Like, that's, let's be friends. So yeah, yeah, for me, competition is is like you have to find somebody like who, who for me I have to be competing against people that I don't particularly like most of the time, I have to say. Um <laughs> so like in the gym, it's you like the only other time that isn't the case is if like somebody is just like this much better than me in the gym and like they know they're good. And even if they're a nice person, I I still want to be better than them. <laughs> 
So that's like, but it has to be just the right amount of better because it has to be a realistic, like yeah. I have to be realistically able to, to beat them. Like if, if somebody, so for example, there's a whole unrunning joke in, with my patrons about me and V.E. Schwab. And, um, she, but she is so far out we of my league. I've never read her actually. I still haven't. She's annoyingly good. Um, <laughs> I love your face. You look annoyed. Oh God, I'm so fucking annoyed. Um, she is a genius as well. Like some of the ways that she uses symbolism is just, it's she's unreal. Um, but I, I don't want to say too many things on air, but anyway, there are certain things that I, I'm going to move on from this conversation, but basically she's, she's too far out of my league for me to compete realistically with right. her. Right. Even though if she was in my league, I would a hundred percent be competing. Yeah. But um, what, what, what book would you suggest that I read if I were to? So that's, oh, that's hard. That's so hard because Addie LaRue is her most famous book. That's what I always hear like about. Yeah. Sweeping um, historical to modern day light fantasy, I would say, um, with a um, like bargain with the devil kind of. You, but you love lyrical historical. So it could be something else. Okay. So then there is um, Gallant, which is the one that she wrote after that, which is, um, I think, technically, I think it's technically upper YA, but the character is young. Um, Mute protagonist which was very interesting yeah a lot of symbolism in it um two houses like one live one one dead one so that one's quite good the my favorite of hers is vicious which is two anti-heroes as as the main characters best friends one can't die and the other one can't be killed and um Wait, and they basically can... something like that it's yeah, yeah, yeah. one can't one can't die and the other one can't be killed yeah i think it's something like that and um they had basically become superheroes and then like become mortal enemies and it's fantastic. So I would, I would say either vicious or gallant, I think. Okay. Perfect. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So what right. are you working on now? That's what I was just going to ask you. Yeah. Uh, for me, I am working on, I think what I need to do is once the class is, uh, yeah. Well, yeah, for the course, once, once the course is finished and I should be able to do that within a week, if I got back to my desk, um, if I found, if I found my desk, literally I had to pull the microphone out of my purse. I was like, where, I know I saw it somewhere. I put it somewhere safe. Um, so, and then I need to fix the first three chapters of the last memoir for Susanna to take out, but I've really lost heart with that, uh, with that book for a little while, but then the book that is working titled the new New Zealanders about moving here. I have this idea that, um, the penultimate chapter will be, will be the way we have felt for this last month, which is like, is it worth it? Is this worth it? Are we, can you flip it in reverse? Can you, um, if, uh, are, you know, did we make the right choice? Because buying the house has really raised all of the feelings that we felt almost two years ago when we moved here. Like, oh, now we're really gone now. It was oh, triggered so by all of our, all of our friends and family kind of got upset when we bought the house and they all said the same thing, which was, and they were all really supportive. Nobody, nobody we was like, income high. yeah, everyone said mm -hmm. a different version of, oh, you're really staying. And I just kept like laughing. Ha ha. Of course. Didn't they know that? And then 
And then I was like, oh, we're really, we're really staying. And then Lala was feeling it too. And this, so I think that will be kind of the dark moment that I need to write about and explore. And I'm still trying to figure out. And of course, I only remember what I'm in. And right now I'm finally so grateful to be here and it's beautiful and I love it, but I need to go back and explore that. And then um, the last chapter will be the housewarming party that we have next month, which I'm looking forward to filling the house with friends and because I have friends here and that's going to be awesome. And then putting that book together and I don't know what I'm going to do with it. I, um, it would make sense for Susanna's sub agent to try to sell it to the New Zealand Australian market. And then for me to self publish it everywhere else. But do I want to let go of that? And that's just an ego thing. Like, would I like to have my book in the New Zealand bookshops about moving to New Zealand? Yes, I would. Um, but I'm, I really, 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 really want to self-publish something. I'm dying. I need control. I've, you know, I haven't had control over any book for a while and I need that. So that's, that's what I'm going to be working on next. And then pulling, I can't remember if I told you this or not, but I want to pull together a, a um, like, a short series. Oh, maybe I didn't tell you this. Um, the writing, the author the, stuff. Actually, not even the author stuff, but like more on creativity. So okay. like maybe three books of about 50K each. I just need to arrange a bunch of the old Patreon essays into little books. And then I could literally almost rapid release nonfiction, which I think would yes, be fun. You, so I, I think we have thought, I think yeah. you, you were talking about it in terms of using the content that you had. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, so those, those are my next steps, but I just really want to get this house sorted. I want to like shake everything into place so that I can sit at my desk and do all the work that I haven't been able to do for Yeah, Because we weeks. love our jobs. I love, right? I love job. my job. Yeah. I have noticed though, that, um, I love my job a bit too much. <laughs> you don't say yeah it's it's like like I don't really I don't really know what to do like if I don't work I don't really like I don't yeah like because it's my favorite thing to do so like what what do I do when I'm not doing that <laughs> and I like because I don't really want to just sit in front of the tv for hours and hours and hours on end so I'm, I'm always like oh what's so like, what do you do because I know you were thinking about that what have you what what well, the last month I've done to... nothing other than being right. sick. Yeah. So what I, did you do um... while you were sick? Are, were you reading or? Well, I worked what? until like 10, 11 o'clock at night, every single night, obviously. Did you really? You what were working you while I'm you were sick. sick. A month later. I've written nearly 50K this month. Like, I can't. I can't. <laughs> look. I thought I, I was a bad sick person. You are the I worst. Am, I am the worst. I am literally. So what, are you, I don't... what are you writing on? Oh, so, um, well, so I wrote, um, yeah, so I wrote, uh, a a kind of bonus steamy novella. No, no. Mm -hmm. I wrote a bonus steamy epilogue. Mm -hmm. Then I wrote the prequel. So like all of the times (gasps) that the two girls met. So they, I reference it in, in a game of hearts. So they met and fought on jobs and fucked. And it's all of those in sequential order running up to the beginning of the book. Yeah. So it's just like, it's just pure fun, the novella. And then I started book two and I got 24K in and ground to a very severe halt, um, which was partly 
mass exhaustion um, and sickness and partly because I realized <clears throat> so book two is a, a long con so, but a long con is actually a con within a con um, is it different characters and- but same world or it's yeah. yes if you I don't know how if you can remember the final chapter but it's I did set up who it oh yes, 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 yes. Yeah, yes yeah yeah okay yeah so that reveal that's like kind of what oh. happens that yeah um and so yes it's the same not the identical characters but yeah. other characters in the group and um yeah I messed up the con within a con so I've had to go back and like re-outline everything and I then started editing <clears throat> the first 30k to get it right and then ground to another hulk so I was like nope something's still wrong and I realized that I like character I like romantic characters to have a lot of conflict so like I don't think I could write friends to lovers I just don't think I'm capable I don't of writing think you that. could either I think no. your enemies to lovers is really the most powerful I have seen done in a very long time <laughs> but it's a competition and that's why it is, it is, it is. And that's why you, that's why you can do it. And that's why I think I couldn't write it. Like, that's not something I could ever write. Cause really? I, but I, but you have yeah. competition. I do have high competition, but, but no, that wouldn't, that uh, you do it so well. I could not even like my competition <laughs> just says like VE Schwab. I'm just like, nah, yeah. not, not yeah, the same true. league. I'm not even going to try that. No. Well, so here's the thing, right? I loved enemies to lovers so fucking much that I want to write an entire series of enemies to lovers books. Yes. So I've, I've already started plotting a vampire series and every single book is going to be a different twist on enemies to lovers because I just fucking love it that much. But like, Obviously, I will the the art will be in making each of them a very very different book. Yeah. Um, but I'm so excited already. <laughs> I can see that. Okay, so so you so you replotted, and then yes. what's your next steps to get back into that? So I replotted. I replotted. I started editing. I got to chapter eight after twelve and stopped. And I was like, no, something's wrong. And it, and basically, I realized that um, I hadn't leveled the conflict right and that's why I wasn't having enough fun and so I had to like up the conflict so I've put it on my kindle and I'm now reading it on the kindle and um it's the scribe so I'm like doing the notes on that because if I read on the computer I will just edit and that was the problem I couldn't I can't get through it on the computer because I just start editing so yeah I'm reading on my kindle and um I should be done tomorrow I think and then I'll go back to to edit uh, to drafting so yeah yeah yeah, I'm excited. I mean, I'm I'm excited for all of the writings. Wow. <laughs> it's such a nice place to be. Like I'm so determined to be joyful this year. Oh. Like with the with the with the words. And uh so yeah, yeah, I'm oh, very, very that excited. Is, that is so cool. That is so cool. Yes. And okay. I go to Paris next month. For how long? Only only a few days. We're going on the 14th and we're back on the 17th and we're going to Disney. Paris as well take the kiddo to Disney which is very exciting um so yeah that's like my fun thing I I don't think I have any fun things coming up until March I think a friend from the states is going to come stay with us in February Mm. for a little while and then in March I have my next long solo retreat planned which is four nights I think it's four nights in a little B&B by the or Airbnb by the by the sea five hours north and I cannot, I cannot wait and you 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 journal and read and stuff but you don't write when you go away I do you don't usually work <clears throat> I try to make it 
Like, and by work, I mean, write or revise a book. I try to make it completely filling. It's really an, and I just, I just realized I identified it. It's a, it's an input thing for me. It's a read, 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 process and sort in the journal and then read, 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 read some more. No oh social God, media, just reading and journaling. It's so good. I love it. <laughs> There's I a love tone. it. <gasps> oh, I'm jealous already. That's incredible. Oh, oh so I love that you're doing it for, for Yeah, I love, but I love that it's, it's like energy pennies for your number one strength. I, yeah, and I, I did not even that. realize it until I just yeah. said that right now. Of course it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The other I thing I do is I, is I lay in the hot, a, a hot tub. Usually there's a bathtub. No, I've always gotten a place with a tub and listen to podcasts. So that's my other input. And it's, yeah, uh, yeah. I, I actually remember being in the tub on this windy, windy little Airbnb, listening to your podcast in a storm with a waterproof little speaker that I took out to the tub as I'm being just dumped on. And it was literally hurricane gale force winds. And I can hear <sighs> your voice and I can't remember who you were talking to, but I was like, that's, that's fun. That's just fun. Oh my God. Hurricane. And you're in the bloody hot tub. That is the next level. <laughs> it wasn't even a hot tub. It was a, it was an outdoor bathtub. Even, oh even better. It was an outdoor bathtub in a, in a paddock on the edge of a cliff. And the paddock I had, you know, I had to borrow their farm truck and go through like nine gates on these muddy roads to get to this. And it was a little tiny, tiny house and the outdoor bathtub. And I knew that I was completely alone. So I was always like naked in and out. And I was in and out of it all day. And then, and then one afternoon I looked around and there were just some farmers standing behind me. <laughs> and I, just, I went like under the water and they... They saw me seeing them. It was, they were probably 25 yards away and uh, close enough to see everything had they wanted to. Um, <laughs> just probably didn't. And yeah, then they then they walked away a little red yeah, face. Quickly. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, that's hilarious. Tom didn't tell us he had a guest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my God, I would literally die. I, oh. I, I died. I, I'm so glad that I wasn't actually walking to the tub because it wasn't very far from the little tiny house. So I never wore clothes to do that. <laughs> I hope that uh, there's a bit more shelter for your hot tub this time. I think there is. I think there yeah. is. <laughs> what are we going to read this month? Oh, I can't remember. Did we make any decisions on that? I don't think that we did. I don't think. Oh, you know did. what? We um, should probably say that the book we decided on last time um, oh. was Balls. So oh we God. apologize if anybody wanted to play along with us. I think I got. I got like 18 chapters in because the book didn't even start until like chapter 18. It was like introduction, forward, preface. And I kept skimming. I'm like, okay, it's going to get better when we hit chapter one. It got worse. I only got a few pages into chapter one and yeah. I hated yeah. every sentence that that person is, cannot write. No, no. So I, 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 I was like, oh God, I really hope I don't have to like... <laughs> No, it was my way through this. We will never do that. Like, we will never, ever force our way through a book. We have to have joy with it or we will just tell each other. (laughs) Absolutely not. So why don't we figure out out a book and then we can talk about it. And then people may want to read it after we talk about it next month. Unless you have. Okay. So, well, I have. So one of my friends um, is reading uh, Financial Feminist Overcome Patriarchy's Bullshit. Ooh, if you put in finan, F-I-N-A-N on Amazon, it like, it auto fills. Oh. Uh, so it's, like, it, it's, 
it's that high. Um, Tory Dunlap, it is. Wait, the oh, I I clicked on the wrong one. Tell me, tell me the name of it again. Again, Tory. So T O R I Dunlap, financial feminist. What a cute cover. So I don't yes. know, like we can, we can have a look yes. and, and, and if there's something different, then we'll put it in the show notes or whatever. Um, okay. But this one was, uh, my friend found this and I was like, oh, that looks really good. So <laughs> she'll, she will be listening. So I'm stealing it. Thank you, darling. It looks, <laughs> it, looks it looks wonderful. I just sent myself a sample chapter and I'll, and I'll start that tonight. Thank you okay. for the suggestion. Yeah. I'm sure yeah. that we will love it. Not like that other one. I can't even remember it. <laughs> I I feel, I've that. literally erased it from my brain. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. I mean, right. it had so much potential. It did. It was really about, yeah. you know, connecting with your reader, but it did not connect with these readers. It, it, I did not connect with it. <laughs> the irony. Oh my God, the irony. <laughs> and we're pretty fucking easy to connect with, honestly. Oh, all, you ha- all you have to be is real. That's it. I know. You know? know. Oh, it just started, it just started pouring. It's so beautiful. We've had these floods, um, but it's, it's so beautiful. Isn't it summer? It's summer. And we basically got those California floods. Like they just, they just ran down here and and Auckland had all of their summer rain dump in one day and houses have been lost. And um, we haven't, we haven't been flooding in Wellington uh, and God forbid, but yeah. Oh yeah. I think I'm going to love my house. And thank you for being my first work thing in my house, which almost didn't happen this morning. I was like, I don't even, I had not even gotten at my computer. My computer has been in a bag for three days. That's how. Well, I definitely will confess that I had forgotten. And if it weren't for the fact that my Fitbit alerted me 10 minutes before, I would have completely forgotten. But the reason, in my defense, the reason I forgot is because I have been trying very hard not to do stuff in the evening. Yes. Um, I feel so bad now that I know you're, no, you're no, sick. No because, no, because this is 6 p.m., right? So this is before I even do bedtime. Like, I you know, thought so this it was like doesn't 9 p.m. Count. where no, you are. Okay, no, 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 right. no. It's six. It's, well, it's almost Perfect. seven o'clock now. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. And so I was like, actually, this is a really, because also I'm finding um, the older my kid gets, the because my office is underneath him, mm. the harder he's finding it to sleep. Yeah. And I tend to do podcasts as he goes to sleep. So yeah. I, I'm like keeping him up. Uh, so actually six o'clock is a better time. So I might have to... Um, Good. Swap that around, but yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway. Well, oh, I'm so glad to see you and thank yes. you. And I I'm wish glad you to see you. The happiest writing ever in this next month. I can't wait to hear what you do with the book. Finished. <laughs> Finished. Actually, I can't promise that. I can't promise that we're away. No, but but <laughs> closer. Yeah. Close. Yes. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Good job, you. <gasps> okay. Talk and to good you. luck with the course and, and all of the the thank crafty, you. creative nonfiction. <laughs> Okay. Bye. Don't forget to tune in and subscribe on your podcatcher. And when you have a moment, please leave a review.